Welcome back to the Forget Me Not Diaries. I'm your host, Tyra. And I'm your host, Bree. We are two lifelong besties who are delving into what makes us, us. Welcome back to the Forget Me Not Diaries, everyone. I'm your host, Bree. And I'm your host, Tyra. And today we have Miss Carrie back with us. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for being here. So we thought we'd just roll right into our tarot pool for the day before we get anything too crazy started. We are using one of mom's decks because, uh, surprise, surprise, mom is one of the ones who got me into tarot a little bit. Um, it was dad who bought me my first deck, but mom was already into tarot, so she just didn't share it with me. And the deck that we're using today is called Terra Volatile by Credo. I cannot pronounce the rest of that. Credo Quia Absurdum. And we'll put the probably link to purchase. Yeah. These are really cool cards, really cool. Made in Portugal. You want to tell them a little bit about this deck while I shuffle? It's a unique deck that was um, created by tarot readers in Portugal that they have really great art. And they've also created extra major arcana as well as an extra, um, whole extra... uh, suit suit called the vessels and the art is crazy good on them Mm -hmm. and um it's a it's crazy it's something they um made themselves so it's what do you call it like a it can only be purchased through them okay it's an original it's an original yeah Yeah. they've done this all this work themselves and i came across it online which is just nuts it's really cool looking guys i like it a lot especially the extra arcana What'd you get? Is it death? I'm pretty sure this is death. All right, let me. I think oh. this is 10, 11, 12, 13, I think. It's We'll have to post a picture cuz these it's are the so front, crazy. It's the front cool. cover of the book. It's the front cover of the book, whatever one that oh, is. Oh wow. Okay, hold on. I think it's 10, 13. I think it's 13. What does death card mean to you, mom? So, death is the ending of a cycle, um, there it is, well, anyway, it's the ending of a cycle. Regeneration. Regeneration, it's it's required, I mean, death is required, everybody has to die to move on with stuff, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I wish I had my journal, I wrote something recently about life and death, and I said, what is life without death? Life is the gift, and death is what makes us grateful for it. Yeah, that's so crazy. This acronym is considered the most feared card in the entire deck, maybe because of the central figure, the Grim Reaper, which was a synonym of mortality in the Middle Ages. Nevertheless, the death card generally does not mean physical death or absolute annihilation. Note that the tarot follows a certain sequence and this card is not the last one. There is much more beyond it, much more to come. Following the 12th Arcanum, did I say that right? Mm Mm-hmm which represents a complete cycle and the idea of stability, the 13th card comes as a rupture in in that cycle, breaking all that is known and expected, thus shoving us inside the sphere of the unknown. Death is usually related to a spiritual transformation, an end of a cycle. That does not necessarily signify that it is a card of bad omens, quite the contrary. Death is a point of a rupture, of evolution, of starting anew. Our lives are made of cycles. While some might be filled with good fortune, other cycles make us feel relived once they are over. Hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I do like death. Also, what's funny is that it's number 13 as we just just released. Friday the 13th, yeah. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah, I think that's kind of crazy too because like we're reading the tarot pools for ourselves, for the show, for our day whatever is coming these messages are meant for us and i think that's kind of crazy because you tyra have been getting all those different cards for um breaking cycles and death is literally the cycle breaker so that's really interesting to me it is the card that represents uh scorpios so I feel really called to it because I feel like death is also a lot about transformation and like Mm -hmm. what you make of the world and your situation after death and what 
changes and conspires after mm -hmm. what you can rebuild. Because there's always rebirth after death. Yep. There's always newness. Just like the seasons, you know, winter is death and spring is the birth after, you know, like. Exactly. Mm -hmm. The whole world, like. Goes through it. Goes through these cycles. Mm -hmm. So we're, I don't know if we're starting a new one or. <laughs> or right, exactly, which is always exciting exciting and so i think that was like one thing i was gonna say is that it is very based around a negative card like oh am i you know and i think that's what we read in a lot of books is people do view that they're going to die sooner they're gonna encounter death yeah they fear it yes and it's like no uh, own it yeah. be yeah. happy be very fortunate that you get to because a lot of people don't get to rebirth they don't get mm -hmm. to they're just cut stuck. ties with the past because they're so busy living into it Mm -hmm. stuck and, in it yeah. yeah and always living in the past and never ever wanting to be rebirthed and that's sad so be yeah. thankful change is the only constant yeah because like Miley Cyrus said change is a thing you can count on mm -hmm. always so mm -hmm. that's pretty cool and then I think now we'll jump into our fun little shadow work prompt that Brie found yeah so our shadow work prompt for today is have you ever found yourself manipulating others to protect yourself? When did this start and how does this make you feel? Um, so I feel like, I don't know why, but like ever since I was young, like telling what you call like little white lies all the time. Like there was a time I remember I was lying all the time to mom and dad and it was just like always mixed with the truth and trying to like so it was like it was like manipulation things. in a way it was manipulating people to believing and I find myself slipping back into that all the time because and I don't even know why but like I'll embellish a story or I'll say oh I was doing this and this happened when really I was just sitting on my couch or and I don't know why but like I have it could be the storyteller in me too that or you're just hoping to connect with that person on a different but, level mm -hmm. so but like I I've been trying recently to just be more honest and truthful about things and I don't know makes me feel more boring but <laughs> manipulating people is just not I feel like it is something to protect myself from embarrassment or getting in trouble when I was a kid or just I want to be needed and feel included and you almost feel like you have to manip manipulate these people into liking you no in a way it's almost just to to kind of like get the what I wish had happened and I'll say this happened but then it's really something else yourself in your own mind. it is yeah because you're manipulating what you wish would have been your version of it yeah got it yeah okay, and okay. The, but so the that way you it makes present me... to your other people what you wish your version had been yeah uh, I guess yeah to be more okay. exciting to people okay less, that would probably be more okay. of what I meant because like it made like I said it made me feel more boring now that I'm just being honest my life is kind of boring I feel like but that's a good thing you want a boring life half the time um I mean like I said half the time <laughs> <laughs> um but the way it makes me feel when I was younger I remember one time mom read my diary, but um, mm -hmm. it was so relieving at the same time because she found out about a lot of the lies I had been telling. Ah. Um, and I feel it's a burden when you carry that much manipulation yeah. around people and the truth is always just going to set you free, like they say, but I still find myself slipping back. Into, into those, those habits. habits. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, what about you guys? I was going to say manipulation. I mean, I've been manipulated my entire life. Yeah. By my mom. Mm -hmm. And so, like, being bred into manipulation, I find myself manipulating every situation that I'm in. Almost. Like, I'm going to manipulate everybody to get what I want. Right. That's how I think. Because that's how my mom, like, there was always a scheme of what is her need. Mm -hmm. Her need comes first before everybody else. So how am I going to manipulate this person into giving me what I want? Yeah. Like, she would manipulate me into giving her, like, my birthday money. Things like that. And yeah. manipulation to feel bad for mom because mom's sick. What can I do to make you feel better? So I feel like I do that to people that I love mm. a lot, which I hate. And I'm trying to work on it because I don't yeah. want to be like my mom. And sometimes I feel like I do manipulate Chance 
to do things for me, to do be that person. But I always have to catch myself of like, nope, I'm going to go do it myself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to get this done. Or like me and my sister manipulate. We play the game very well. Mm. We play the game very well because of my mom. So we know how to manipulate the system and things like that. But we've been really trying to work hard not to manipulate one another. And that was hard. And I feel bad. I feel horrible when I manipulate friendships or co-workers, things like that, of just getting... I think my manipulation is more of just I want I, to get what I want out of it. Yeah. That's how I view it. I feel like that's understandable, though. Mm-hmm. I mean... And I feel like mine is too. There's reasons behind everything. For me, it makes sense to you because you weren't getting your needs met. Mm-hmm. So you have that and maybe the same for your mom. Yeah. And so you start manipulating to get your needs met. Yeah. And yeah. it's not coming from a place like that's what you have to remember when I'm you're not working vulnerable. on it. Yeah. There's you're, no vulnerable. You're coming ability. from a place of hurt and mm-hmm. it's not always a place of like when you hear manipulation you think oh, this person is a manipulator. They're so awful. And like, yeah, that can be true. But I think we all manipulate others sometimes without even realizing it to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. And you have to think about, and the shadow work is thinking about why you're doing that. Mm -hmm. Exactly. For me, I think I had a lot of reactive people in my life growing up. Um, It was just reactive. So sometimes it was easier to tell a lie maybe and to make things seem better than they were. Maybe. Than to tell the truth and get that reaction. And you still find yourself kind of doing that. Yeah. I could see that. Tempering people's reactions is what Mm -hmm. I think I'm kind of doing it for. Well, I've been sitting here trying to think of how I manipulate people because I, I don't think as my age that I am now that I'm very manipulative mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as a child I lied a lot well it says have you ever yeah right as a child I lied a lot because I wanted to protect myself so I lied mm-hmm. so I wouldn't get in trouble about different things a lot like you yeah um and then that's why I was identifying with what you said because like you have to perpetuate that lie and then it's like you're trying to be- then you end up trying to it's like you lie about it so much you almost try to believe your own <laughs> yeah. version like almost mm-hmm. as if it really happened. happened. Yeah. And then you're having to continually tell this story as if it was real, you know. But mm-hmm. and then you How get does that- and I think as an as when I was heavy too, I think I manipulated by you know needing people to do things for me more. Yeah. Because I was too heavy. Like, I would, like, always have you guys go in the house and get things for me instead of me getting out We'd of the car. For- <laughs> she'd forget something in the house. And it was always like, oh, I already put my seatbelt on. <laughs> right, yeah. right. But, right. I mean, I don't have any problem going in now. But it right, was just like I was just yeah. heavy and didn't want to get yeah. my ass up moving. You yeah. know? I get that, too. Yeah. But That's crazy. I try to think now I'm not. That person. I don't think I am very manipulative now. At least I hope not. I don't. I'm trying to rack my brain, like, because I'm just so open and honest, and like I value honesty and value yeah. truth and straightforwardness. So I'm not. You don't find yourself in those situations I don't where you feel, feel like the need. I am. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you could agree with me on that or not, but <laughs> I think like when I was down and out in my marriage and in my parenting, like when you guys would say that I would be like I'm just a bad mom when I get down on myself that's manipulative yeah emotionally manipulative but I don't really do that anymore like that was me being in a bad place mentally myself emotionally right so you're just insecure and right right those insecurities right and so in that that way I was without meaning to be manipulative but at the same time it was manipulative oh yeah yeah Yeah. because I think my I'm more emotionally manipulative and that's what I was taught to do so very true mm -hmm. good point and yeah. you've grown out of that as right. you get older and as you mm-hmm. raise your children and people mm-hmm. move it's on. Well, and you get out of an emotional charge yes. situation and you're no longer in this down and out state. You change to, yeah. you know. That's yeah. right. No, and and that that was really hard because when you are, like you in general, when a person is saying things like that, you know, one thing that was always frustrating to us is like it's, it's not about you. Right. Like, because most of those times, just for background, would come. You feel when, like it is when you're right. there. Well, most of those times would come when me and Kaylee were trying to 
discuss things that Mm -hmm. frustrated us about her parenting. And I think parenting had always been a really sore subject for you because you were just doing your honest best. And so any crit, but you were always criticized your whole life. So any criticism was very triggering for you. And so that was hard for us to realize, Mm -hmm. hard for you to move through. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just... But and my parenting examples were shit. Yeah. So right. I was trying to do my best, and then I felt like I was failing at it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's normal, hard. though. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels like mm-hmm. they fail at parenting. Yeah. That's hard. It's hard to hard shit. But <laughs> proud scary of you. to think about. Which is crazy. Yeah, no. I mean, you, you, if you could have told me back then at 13, 12, 15, whatever, that the mom who was couldn't even hear anything I said to her could be here admitting that that was emotionally manipulative. Whoa. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, no, I'm just like really thankful and proud of you. And, I love it. And it's a good inspiration for myself oh, too. Cute. I love it. Yeah. Good, good, that was good a good vibes. one. Um, but act. So now we're going to go into the deep dive of this episode. So to stay on spooky season, Mm-hmm. Um, I think this episode, I kind of asked Brianna last season, I was like, oh man, for Halloween, we should totally do a ghost episode. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, yeah, let's try to figure that out. And so here we are. And I was like, oh, who would be better than Carrie to be here with us for that? Because Carrie has had a lot of instances and so has your mom. It's just crazy. Very, the Seagraves women are pretty cool. So <laughs> we try. <laughs> oh, but- we don't even try. <laughs> just are we just right. are i know <laughs> um but Those i was two women that's been said more than once yes um i was gonna start with a definition of a ghost an apparition of a dead person which is believed to appear or become manifest to the living typically as a nebulous image um that's just what google said i found uh the definition of a spirit the non-physical part of a person manifested as an apparition after their death and then I also was looking up how many Americans believe in ghosts. Yeah. And um, it said there are a different number of ways to quanti- quantify belief among Americans in so-called paranormal phenomena. One way is to ask a selection of people representative of people representative of the population if they believe in ghosts. In a 2019 poll, 46% of responders said they did. Wow. So about half. That's a pretty big percentage. That's yeah. crazy. Which yeah. is nuts. And a lot of people are like, or are, are skeptics, or just say, I don't know, mm-hmm. which is nuts. So just crazy to think about. Yeah. And the other thing I thought was cool, Tyra was doing a lot of research on what kind, like when you think of the word haunting or ghosts or whatever, you, you think of like an apparition appearing or or some kind of havoc being caused in a house and there's like... Uh, no explanation for it but there are actually like really a lot of different types of hauntings Mm -hmm. one type is a residual haunting which is where energy from another time has been like imprinted on either a place or an object um or another form of the residual type hauntings is like a poltergeist which can be described as a misdirection of powerful energy and often with destructive tendencies. So residual hauntings are where like you have Annabelle fucking haunting up the place because she's stuck in this doll and the spirit is connected um, or whatever energy is connected to that object. But it could also be a house where somebody died and Mm -hmm. now there's crazy shit happening. So that's one type of haunting. Um, there's other types like the intelligent haunting, which can also be referred to as active hauntings. These can be very frightening, though the entity rarely means to harm the living. Um, an intelligent haunting involves a spirit who is intentionally present and sometimes even attempts to communicate with the living. Um, sometimes the spirit is not aware that they have passed. Other times they know, but they are driven by some message that they need to get to the living um these can these are the ones where you see a ghost or you hear a ghost or like it's a lot more like i said intelligent 
communication and and uh, whether that's nonverbal, such as showing up or verbal, literally showing it. Yeah, I think of ghost adventures a lot because they do go to haunted places where like World War Two, World War One, Civil Wars happening or just people's ho- ho- houses that are haunted. And they always mm-hmm. talk about like a residual energy where you walk into a place and you feel the energy of mm-hmm. that is just a residual haunting yeah. i feel like residual and appar or intelligent probably get mixed in a lot uh with things like that with war- like world war ii yeah, and, which is and crazy. the civil war and things because you'll have the residual energy that you can feel something has happened here yeah but then you know it's such a powerful residual energy that it's I almost wonder, goes to that and then and you get intelligent you hauntings at the same time that, that are connected to that energy fucking mm-hmm. crazy which is yeah. wild another one which is for skeptics, whatever, however you want to believe this. Um, the demonic hauntings. Um, demons are described as evil energy from an unknown source that is unrelated to the human form. Many believe demons to be sent by the devil, but even non-believers have experienced demonic hauntings. Demons can appear as frightening-looking animals, horrific and hideous creatures, or sometimes a black smoke or fog. They seem to be able to change shape and form, sometimes right before an observer's eyes, and their task is to wreak havoc in subjects' life, at times even possessing their bodies. Demons are thought to emerge from gateways near where the haunting occurs. Which is wild. Yeah, which, again, to me, is just residual haunting is kind of, like, the overall theme there, mm-hmm. where, like, you've got these gateways, yeah. but, like, what a, what is a gateway but a bunch of residual energy yeah. opening up. Yeah, to create more more possibilities for things to get through. Yeah. Um, and then a subcategory to the demonic hauntings is, I think, what they call a shadow haunting or, like, shadow mm-hmm. people. Shadow hauntings are often described as a shapeless form of a dark mist, smoke, or steam, and are usually seen in the peripheral vision. People who have reported a shadow haunting say that they have a feeling of foreboding or dread accompanies their appearance. Shadow people are similarly dark and filmy, but have no facial features or clothing with the odd exception of a hat or a hood. I don't know if you ever heard of the top hat man. Why did you say it's a... It's a subcategory of demonic haunting. So that was what the article we were reading said, said, that there were six types of hauntings and each of them, like the poltergeist is a subcategory of... My experience with shadow hauntings has not felt demonic. That's why I wonder. I don't think they are. I think like the top hat man, there's a guy who wears a top hat that a lot of people have and they say that's like almost heretically with like in your people's Hereditary. Thank you. Thank you. Hereditary, which is weird. That's some, and that's another thing. You have a group of women, or however that, and they all see the same fucking haunting. That's also weird and crazy. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting when I tell the story of the guy with the hat at work. Yeah, if that is what you guys are talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, that that would be interesting. They also say like a black cat, a shadow of a cat too, is a shadow haunting, which I don't think relates to anything bad. No, but mm-hmm. another crazy thing that I was reading was when you are. Um, what's like half awake and you're watching things happen around your room and nine out of ten times it's a shadow man that appears when you whoa what is the word there's a word for it though i don't know i don't remember the word but it's like right before you fall into sleep it's the that it does have a defining word Mm. for the time uh the type of sleep you're in oh are you talking there's also i didn't even think i mean there's the what is that thing when you're sleeping and um it's almost like night terrors but like you get frozen that's exactly oh, what i'm talking about is that what you're talking about oh yeah, god what is it called uh, sleep paralysis sleep, sleep paralysis. paralysis yeah okay that's what i was talking about with sleep paralysis where you get a lot of the yeah. shadow and not all of them are good right but like some of when them you are. have a succubus or an incubus exactly get, and then i you was get sleep paralysis sometimes when that's happening and you got it like mom it's too bad Mom didn't talk about this, but she's had experiences with the black shadow, like oh, like being on top of her where she couldn't breathe and mm-hmm. couldn't. And they sit on your chest. Yep, they're choking sitting you. Sitting on your chest and choking her with mm-hmm. when she was laying with Toby when he was a baby and she couldn't get yeah. him off And of you're her. like in a weird sleep paralysis. Mm-hmm. You're in a weird, like you're just sitting there and you're just yep, watching you whatever happening. Yep, and you can't stop it. There was and... a Netflix documentary that came out about it, mm-hmm. um, which is wild. And so it's like a lot for people who haven't slept in days. 
Yeah. That mm-hmm. sometimes happens for people and some people do want it to happen. It's like your eyes are open, you're aware, but you mm-hmm. can't move and you At can't all breathe and you're yeah. frozen. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. It's a scary feeling. I've had it happen. Freaky. Not in a long time, but I've had it happen several times. Yeah. Ooh, that's crazy. Yeah. That yeah. is crazy. Yeah. So I felt like when we were talking about um, the residual haunting a little bit, we were talking to my grandmother a few minutes ago about any stories she had. Um, and I thought about that story at the Fisher place being kind of almost real residual and intelligent haunting mixed together. I don't know if you want I don't know that it would be intelligent unless they were interacting with them. Well, the only thing about intelligent hauntings is like the appearance of apparitions. Mm-hmm. That's what would make it, but I could see the residual. Mm-hmm. It's like you see a civil war soldier at the battle. Mm-hmm. That is what I review as residual that they're mm-hmm. just like stuck. Yeah. Reliving reliving this moment like the ghost adventures that i'd recently watched about angel island was they had a crematorium on this and you could just hear screams mm-hmm. of but that's a residual mm-hmm. haunting yeah. because that's just the energy and that's just yeah 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 which is wild but do you want to talk about the fisherman's okay. house so my mom was telling us a story this morning where she would go hunting with her mother grandma margaret brianna's grandma um, out at what they called the Fisher place out by the St. Croix river for those who back home might be listening. And they also were taking their, um, grandma out shopping at the local store and saw Arlene Arndt, who was a fisher before she was married. And she knew they were out there hunting. And my grandma asked her, Hey, you know, there's this old guy that's checking up on the place. You know, who is that? And she's, Arlene was like, well, what does he look like? And she described him as a tall, slender man with a straw hat and overalls and a pencil-thin mustache. And Arlene Arndt was like, that's, you described my dad to a T, but he's been dead for 40 years. Cool. That's so crazy. That's just to me. Like, she just knew. And my mom and my grandma both had seen him out there frequently that's what's wild that it must have had to have been like almost every other time that they had gone out to go hunting which obviously you're enough to think he's checking he's up walking on the around yeah. property yeah. <laughs> and so that's yeah that's her dad just checking in casually on the place yeah making sure it's up to tip-top shape that's wild yeah, yeah. that's wild but um speaking of like your mom and your grandma's obviously it kind of goes um, was that like how you were introduced to the paranormal or was it like more of a first person experience or did you just learn about it as you got older? No, I, before I had experiences, I had family ghost stories. Like my great aunt B was an electrician and I always heard the stories that when she had passed away when I was three, um, my aunt Pat had all kinds of problems in her house. The microwave wasn't working. The lights would go on and off. The electricity was going crazy. And um, she had that checked out by an electrician. They told her nothing was wrong. And she finally figured out she thought it was her aunt B. And when she recognized that it was her trying to show her that there was, you know, that she was trying to communicate with her when she recognized it and said something to the effect of, hello, aunt B, or whatever. Um, and it stopped after that. And then she also told the story of writing to somebody and telling them about, um, somebody in the family passing away. She had three hard knocks on her window right in front of her. And my mom, I thought it was aunt B, but my mom corrected me this morning and told me it was uncle gents that had passed away and she could see out the window and nobody was there. And she went outside and walked around and nobody had been there, but they had three knocks on the window. And she said that happened twice to her when uncle gents had died. And then we had a watch that had stopped working when I thought she was (laughs) correcting me on all this stuff. But when I was little, I thought it was an uncle of ours that's watch had stopped. But my mom said it was, um, her grandpa's watch stopped when he died. Wow. Which is and so those thing. were stories I knew growing up. So I always was imbra- ingrained with this belief that there were life that was life after death. Right. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. Did you experience a lot of other hauntings as a child or as a younger in your younger times? So we had an old farmhouse next to where my mom lived, and we went in to just to check it out. There was broken windows, so we went in, and we were upstairs. We had our dog with us who was running around outside and um, we were coming down from downstairs and we heard the door slam and we thought, oh, it's just the dog. Maybe the dog jumped in the window 
and then we saw the dog running around outside. Well, when we went to that bedroom to try to get back out, the door was locked and we couldn't get out and all the other doors were locked and the only other windows to get out of was like a double pane window and only the top pane was broken. And so I was trying to help them out and there was stuff flying around the rooms and like behind us. I did not look out behind us. Oh, hell no. I was helping them out. <laughs> get the fuck and out. And there was, there was oh things God. being thrown and sounds being made in the house behind us and I just punched. I got them out and then helped them out and then I punched the window to get out. That's fucking wild. To yeah, because I was scared. Yeah, to no look shit. Behind me. I would be too. Yeah, hell no. Yeah. Shit breaking and well, that's wild. going crazy. Yeah, doors slamming and shit inside. being thrown. And it was like, um, we didn't, I just helped them out the big window, the top window that there was my brother and my friend. And then I couldn't get out. So I punched the window and got out. <laughs> yeah, you used to show me, don't you have I a scar? I have a scar on my hand, right? Because when I, when I got out like this and put my hand on the wall to brace myself to get out, I got a piece of glass through my hand right there. Wow. Scar up my hand from it. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Just cra- that yeah. one was always one of my favorite stuff uh, flying around. I mean, I didn't see crazy. nothing, but we heard it, heard it and yeah. felt it. And it was like scary because we got locked in and we couldn't get out. And then shit started flying around and banging and slamming. And it was like, um, let's get the hell out of Time here. To leave. Yeah. yeah. Which is Time crazy. To go, children. Yeah. <laughs> that you don't think about when you are going to one of these abandoned places of who is there. Yeah. And, oh, you want to fuck around? Go fuck around and find out. I'm going to show you right now. Yeah. You, you don't belong in here. And we exactly. were like, yeah, sorry, but we're leaving. We're leaving right now. That's wild. But did you have more occurrences as you got older? Was was Wisconsin well, just very popular for these The instances? next, well, I don't know about that, but, like, my next experiences, I think, involved my kids. Um, mm. Like, Brianna... When Brianna was little, um, she had told me I was frying up um, fajitas on the grill at my house and in the kitchen. And she told me that I was making Ted's favorite. And Ted was the owner of the house who had passed away. And I was at work one day at check cashing at the casino. And his daughter came through. And at the last minute, I said, hey, by the way, you know, what was your dad's favorite food and she's like oh he always loved to eat it old little me- little mex in siren and i was like well that makes sense <laughs> she said i was making his favorite food which was fajitas she you told me too that we'd be in the car and i'd be talking and you'd be like sorry what was that brie and i'd be like i'm not talking to you mom i'm talking to ted oh and my grandma god margaret yeah and, oh and grandma margaret too, no I shit guess. yeah and then you also did the i never taught you the the little steeple, um, put your hands together and have the, the open the steeple and just, here's all the little people. Oh, wow. And like you did that and grandma Margaret used to teach me that. I don't know where and I learned then that. I've known that like You wanted milk on toast and grandma used like to this. do milk on toast. Here's the, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors and see the all the people. people. Wow. I've never heard that one. Really? Um, oh. and like you wanted milk on your toast. Mm. And grandma used to do that, milk on toast. And I was like, I love to dip my milk in our toast in milk. And I'm like, how did you, why do you want milk on your toast? And I'm like, that's <laughs> weird. And um, Kaylee, one time we, we saw Kaylee come in and go through the kitchen and into the bedroom. And then me and Josh's cousins, your dad, um, were sitting at the table in the dining room. And Josh came in from outside talking to me who was sitting in the dining room walked right by me and walked into the bedroom following Kaylee and was like, well, what the hell? You're not in here. Where'd you go? And we were like, what are you talking about? He's like, I just watched Kaylee follow you into the bedroom. So he had watched Kaylee following somebody into the bedroom. And then at that same house, um, I had been doing dishes in the kitchen and I saw a man walk into the kitchen. I looked over and I thought it was Josh and he looked at me and he walked out and I went back out to the living room and Josh was on the couch. I'm like, what did you want? You didn't say nothing. He's like, what do you mean? I didn't even get up. What the fuck? <laughs> what about and that the was time, at Ted's house? What about the time at Ted's house? Wasn't there a time where you found Kaylee up on the top bunk and she was crying? No, where I was thought, that? I no, that was a... Kaylee was on your kid bed, oh. and she wanted to get down, and it looked like every time she tried to get down, somebody was pushing her back on the bed so she wouldn't fall off the bed. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And she kept looking up every time she got kind of pushed back on the bed. She would look up like, 
What's like why somebody are you was doing like, this? Yeah. Oh. It was like somebody was keeping her from falling off the bed. Oh. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. You know what's oh. funny is I thought all this, these, when I heard all these hauntings, I thought they happened at an apartment in Anchorage. No, really? this was all in a cabin in the woods in Spooner, Wisconsin. I did not yeah. know that. And so a log cabin. The, the base of this house was built in 1890. Holy shit. It was, uh, it used to be a post office. The building was an old log cabin built in 1890. And then parts of it were built onto it. Oh, tell her about the door. Wasn't there a cool the door? The door was uh, painted. It was the door for the Lord of the Rings. Knock three times and enter. Speak oh, friend, speak and, friend enter. and enter. I forgot about that, but I thought you'd find that cool. It was painted blue with the whole village. Shut the everything. fuck up. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. That's so cool. That is wild. That was experiences with you guys when you were little. And then there's, the, you know, that dream you had, but. Yeah, that's I don't freaky. know if that's ghost I don't, or I not, mean, but I mean, it, that is I mean, spirits. I feel like it's spirit related because yes. you told me it was the lady under the, so when Brianna was three years old, she woke up with this absolute sorrow, this absolute deep, deep sorrow crying and just beside herself with, with sadness and telling me that in her dream, this woman with, that had died in the bed and Grandpa Seagrave's house under the lamp um, had come and took me away from her when she was an adult and was walking alongside this lake and I had been taken away with her and never came back again and she knew she'd never see me again. And she was just so full of sorrow about it. And said that I, I said that I was a big girl now and that I never saw you again. And, and, and then my like, Grandma Seagraves had died in the bed at Grandpa Seagraves' house under the lamp on the wall. And that was what thirteen years. And then prior? when her sisters, right before we moved 16. to Alaska, my grandma's sister's funeral, my mom had been holding Brianna while I was in the bathroom, and there was pictures of the kids when they were little. And Brianna pointed at my three-year-old grandmother's picture and said, "That's the woman from my dream." Crazy. And that you've never, you have never, she never this met woman. her. Yeah. Or yeah, it was like ten years prior, her death. Before yeah. I was even yeah mm-hmm. at that moment. That's fucking crazy. And I had only seen that picture a couple of times. And Brianna had never seen that picture before. And my grandma was three years old and at the same age as Brianna. So no one had ever told me that's yeah. your grandma Margaret. No shit. How would you have known? A three-year-old. Yeah. Right? That's wild. Yeah. yeah. And my mom told me, me that. My mom's so. the one that was like, you won't believe what she just said. <laughs> She's like, that's the woman from my dream. Um, and I've had a lot of experiences at work. I'm the keeper of the ghost stories at work. Yeah. Um, so Carrie, yeah. What do you do at work? Tell us. So I'm a registered nurse at Providence and I used to work in the rehab unit, which has now become the full neuro unit. But more of my experiences happened when it was the rehab unit. Um, and I work at night. So a lot of the experiences <laughs> do happen around 3am, the witching hour. Fucking crazy. And, um, there's been a lot of things over time. There's like, there was a Filipino nurse who didn't believe in ghosts until she worked there. Wow. Um, uh, we do see shadow people, um, but we've seen full-on apparitions. The first time I think I saw a full-on apparition was I was in room 582, and I had a lady in the bathroom, and I was putting gloves on while I was waiting for her to get done. And I was standing near the entrance to the room, and I'm looking straight down the hallway. And this woman comes down the hallway straight towards the room, and it's like 3 in the morning. And she's got like these frosted high-waisted jeans on and this bright fluorescent green shirt, like not green, like highlighter yellow and like Farrah Fawcett hair and great big plastic rim glasses. And I look up at her and I smile and say hi. And at the same time, I look down at my gloves and look up again and she's gone. And I peek my head out both ways to look down the hallways and she's gone. Like there's nowhere she could have gone. She just disappeared. And after I was done in there, I came out and the other nurse had been on the other side of the pod where I couldn't see, but around the corner from where this woman had come from. And that nurse was in another room in room 576. And she asked me, did you just see something weird in yellow? (laughs) And I'm like, why? And she said, because I saw a yellow mist coming by the room. So it's almost like this yellow mist came by 576 and then manifested into that ghost as it came around the corner towards me because she saw a mist go by the room that she was in. And, and then I by saw, the time you had saw her, yeah, she, she was, was full, full on. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, that gives me goosebumps. That was the first one I saw. Um, then that girl that didn't believe in ghosts, her and Eileen were sitting. That was Jasmine. Her and Eileen were sitting there by themselves at three in the morning. 
and they both didn't say anything to each other and saw a man in a full-on dress suit and a top hat and a gray beard manifest next to the wall in the corner across from 581 and they both looked over at him saw him manifest and disappear and then they both looked at each other and were like did you just see something and they're like did you just see a man yeah i just saw a man did you see a man <laughs> and they both described the man to each other and they both seen it without talking to each other wow um that's fucking crazy that same girl jasmine that's the one that didn't believe in ghosts until she worked there i had to be a one-on-one -on -one in 581 one night and she had a tech with her um and she didn't, the tech was not by her. She was by herself and she was typing. And in 579, there was a window with the shades drawn. And as she was typing, she didn't tell me this till later. Uh, she saw a woman manifest in, in the, like she didn't see her in the hallway, but she saw the reflection in the mirror, in the window as if she was in the hallway and she got freaked out. And then the next night I was in 580. Um, and I had the patient in the bathroom and I was tying up garbage and throwing it out because it was 3 a.m. and we were gathering garbages. And I was throwing the garbage out and I looked down the hallway by 582 and I saw what looked to be a healthcare worker with blue scrubs on and a blue scrub jacket. And they looked like they were a shorter Filipino man walk into 582. And there was no patient in 582. And we don't have a person that looks like that that works on our unit. And I was like, Jasmine will you go see who just walked into 582 and she's like uh-uh <laughs> <laughs> and I was like yeah will you please just somebody just walked in there and she's like nope nope you go do it <laughs> I was like okay well stand here with my patient then who's in the bathroom and so she did and she's peeking around the corner while I went down there and when I got down there the lights are off in the room and then I heard just this like rustling a paper sound and I got the goosebumps and I could see in the windows the reflection of the room and there's nobody in there. So I flipped the lights on. There was nobody in there and nobody had walked out. But I had seen a full-on person in the room, you know, walk in right. the room. Uh... And then a few nights, like a couple weeks later, I had been in the med room and I had this whole idea that there was this woman behind me in a white um, lab coat with blonde hair, older, like waiting to use the med the Pixis. Right. And like, I even said out loud to myself in there as if I'm talking to her, okay, your turn. And I turn around. I'm like, dude, there's nobody in here with me. What the hell? <laughs> and I even like opened the door and was standing there looking inside the bedroom. Like, why did I just do that? Why did I have that sense? And I'm like, okay. And later I was typing and doing my stuff on the computer. And then Jasmine screamed and jumped from 581 or 580s in front of the med room and I was like what is wrong with you and she's like I just saw a man in blue scrubs staring at me outside the door inside the door right here and I'm like like this color blue like the one I saw walking into 582 a couple weeks ago <laughs> <laughs> and she freaked out because she was walking by and he was just standing there sideways staring at her and she oh screamed God. and like jumped away from the door <laughs> and um another time we had a guy that had a mom who had had a stroke and she was with it though. And she had told um, him that there was a woman and two children sitting on her bed. And he told the people when she moved down to the um, renal care unit that he didn't like being on our floor because he, because uh, he thought it was haunted. <laughs> um, I have one that, cause so my friend Ray had to get her gallbladder out this year. And it started way early in the morning. She was doing tests and they didn't know what was wrong. And she just was in this awful pain. And she eventually gets into this thing, like into the hospital. They eventually admit her. And then they're running more tests at like 9, 10 o'clock. Well, it gets to the end of the night where she's finally done with tests. Her husband has to go home because he can't stay at the hospital with her for some reason I think because he had to work or something okay yeah but he couldn't stay with her and uh so she's spending the night alone uh in Providence and she said she you know she's a, she's got terrible terrible like um was she on the fifth floor I don't know medical surgical is either fifth or fourth yeah yeah so she was on one of those and um she was about to get surgery in the morning um so probably and so she was sleeping um, 
or she was trying to sleep. She has terrible, um, what is the word? Insomnia. Insomnia. Thank you. She's got terrible insomnia. So she's kind of tossing and turning, not really just kind of laying there. And she said, suck. Yeah. yeah so she's kind of just laying there and you know, like the curtains that surround a bed mm-hmm. that are up on the ceiling. Um, so she said, she must have been in a double room. She must have been. And she said she looked over towards like the entrance to the room and saw these little feet underneath the curtain. And then she said, you know how like the curtain, there's two sections. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So she saw a little hand come around the side of the curtain and move it. And she saw their face and it was a little kid. And she said, hello. And they turned around and ran towards the door that was closed. And there was no one in the bathroom. Shut the fuck up. She was there for two nights and she saw their feet again the second night. Mm-hmm. We have kids on our unit that people have seen both with it and not with it that they've complained about. Why did you bring your kids in here? Mm-hmm. Why are there kids in my room? Like we had a We're night. We're not peds, lady. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's fucking we crazy. We had uh, one night where there was a, uh, uh, the lights kept going on and off. The call light kept going on and off. The phone kept ringing. Finally, they unplugged everything, unplugged the bed from the wall, unplugged the phone from the wall, unplugged the call light from the wall because there was nobody in that room and it kept going off. And then there was a kid in one of the rooms the next night that I was there and the parents asked me what I was giving him that was making him hallucinate. And I was like, I'm not giving him anything that makes him hallucinate. And I'm like, why? And they were like, well, because he kept complaining about the kids in his room last night. And I'm like, well, there was some activity here last night with the nurses. And I was like, you can take it for what it is. I said, but the nurses were having what was kind of like a haunting experience last night. So it never happened again with this kid. And, and I was like, you can either believe it or not. But I said, other people have seen children on this floor before. Mm -hmm. And it's a common complaint from patients. if they see one to two children. That's crazy. Yeah. And there's also been told that there's a woman who looks for her children in one of the rooms too. Oh, it just gave me full body chills. There was a woman who was putting holy oil and water up in her room one day, and Eileen was like, what are you doing? And they're like, well, there's this lady in here. She's just looking for her kids. We're just praying for her. And, like, there was an old woman in that room one time, too, that kept getting out of bed. And we're like, why do you keep getting out of bed? She's like, well, this lady keeps telling me to come with her. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. That's wild. Oh, yeah. That one's sad, though. Yeah, that it is. Sad. Looking for her kids. I had, I had a funny one where I was taking a lady who had a pelvic fracture up into a bedside commode, and the windows were open, but we're on the fifth floor, and there's nobody out there. You can't see another part of the building or anything. And then um, I went out to the nurse's station while she was going to the bathroom, and one of the other nurses had come out of 582, and she's just like, dude, I just saw somebody walk outside the window into the gym, walk across the window, outside, into the gym, float by the window. And I was like, no, for real? Crazy. (laughs) And I went back in the other room, which is on the opposite side of the pod, and that woman was pissed. She's like, you have these windows open, and there's a damn walkway outside there. And I thought she meant the cancer walkway, which you can see way across. And I'm like, they can't. What walkway are you talking about? And she's like, the one right outside this window, the one that two people just walked by when I was sitting here taking shit. <laughs> and I was like, honey, there's no walkway outside this window. Are you sure it wasn't just seeing our reflection when you I was in here? She's like, you guys weren't in here. And two people just walked by the window while I was sitting here. And I'm like, and I came out and told the other nurse, she's like, oh my God, she didn't, and there's no way she could have heard me telling this. Right, yeah. Exactly. So like, they had both had these experiences on two different parts of the pod. That's crazy. At the same time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were telling me about your EVP that you had, was this at work? You got yes. this EVP? Oh, my Cause God. we had in five eighties, um, the, the bed, you'll be standing there with your patient and the call light will go off and you're just standing there. Nobody's touching it. The light will turn or the, the TV will turn on and off. The call light will go off when there's no patient in the bed. Um, well, remind me so, to never be in 582. 580. This is 580. <laughs> well, none none of, anywhere in none the, of the 580s. 580s. <laughs> and, and 577 or 575. Yeah, not on five. the fifth floor. <laughs> no. So um, then there was a guy who was with it who was independent walking around with his cane, and he was asking one of the nurses about this is one of the Filipino nurses who had the whole place blessed because of all the ghost activity by one of the chaplains, but it didn't work. But (laughs) it was so bad that she had the place blessed. (laughs) Um, But he, he asked about ghost activity 
and I told him some of these stories because he would be in there and the water would turn on in the bathroom. The lights would go on and off and he'd have all the lights off when he went to bed and he'd wake up with the lights turned on, the TV turned on. And he's like, are there ghosts in here? And so I told him some of the stories. And so after he left, <clears throat> we went in and did EVP sessions. And um, I've got a whole bunch of them. We did them in 77 too and also um, wow. in the 80s. And uh, we'll have to show one you night, some of them. You can hear stuff. In one night, I was sitting here. I couldn't hear it at work, and it's really hard to hear. You got to get your ear right up to it. But I was putting it on the speaker when I was talking to Jake, and I was like, "What?" And so I had asked, "What is your name?" And it says Randy. And I had asked when I came back to work. I said, "Did we ever have anybody die in that room named Randy?" And the nurse turned around. And she's like, "Yeah, Raymond. He went by Randy, and he died on the way down to the unit. And two days later, his son died on Five North." Shut the fuck up. And um. The next, the very next patient to admit that day in 579 was named Randy too, which was just a wild coincidence. Yeah, that's, yeah. But I'll let you listen to it when we're done. Talk about like a, a confirmation though. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, you were right. So I'm going to confirm this for you. I'm going to put this man in this room. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. It was in a different room, but yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That unit. is wild. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I do have a listener story because I don't really have too many hauntings. I don't, it's just not a thing. For me. Yeah, it's I more mean, it's more of a spiritual side if anything i don't we've have talked about like the pharmacist asks us how's that portal up there on the fifth floor yeah, because no we're shit. known as the most haunted area of the hospital yeah, i could yeah. but what we've talked about before is there's people who see auras yeah. there's people who are like myself just more connected and i think the reason we have so many experiences up there is that we have people who are more spiritually open mm -hmm. and i think that they just come to us because we're able to see them more yeah i could see and that And so that it's and we see a lot of shadow people there's been other experiences where two people at the same time have seen shadow people and different things happen there's more stories but um that's i think crazy. that's part of it is it's they're drawn to places where people are more attuned yeah and they're more able to be seen that's Definitely. for sure that's freaky yeah. though yeah, I don't have too many crazy ghost stories like that. I have other ones from other people's experiences that I can mm -hmm. talk about, but they're mm -hmm. not my own, which is just that's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't I don't need any right now. I'm Which I'm is crazy content. to me that you are content with that. When you watch ghost <laughs> adventures <laughs> right. every night. I do, I do. I don't know. And I think like my mom is more prone to that. My mom is more accepting. I don't know. My mom's always been like that though. My mom I think I guess my mom so she had moved to Houston, which she's like a road down from me in this trailer. And across the street is like this apartment complex, but it's vacant. There's nobody in that apartment complex anymore. And one night she kept hearing a baby cry, mm -hmm. kept waking her up, just hearing a baby cry. And she's like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Well, she had a friend come over the next day. And my, her friend was talking about the apartment buildings across the way and how she knew a lady that had an infant die over mm -hmm. there. And my mom's like, what the fuck? And she's like, yeah, it happened, you know, so many years ago, but the baby died in its sleep. And my mom was like, what the fuck? I heard a baby cry the other night. And it was just crazy. My mom has oh. had weird experiences mm -hmm. like that a lot, which is nuts. I guess um, one, I guess, is kind of fruity. Um, when my dad had passed away, my mom was having a dream. And I, don't, I think that ghosts can visit you in dreams for sure, mm -hmm. I think, if you're open enough up to it. But he had gone to her and he grabbed her by her forearms and like was grabbing her and was like, I am so sorry. Mm. I did not mean to leave. Mm -hmm. And then she woke up and her arms were red mm. by Whoa. someone just grabbing mm. her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then um, one time, another instance with my dad and my mom, one time my grandpa had moved back from california or oregon and was like living in his fifth wheel outside our house and all of this stuff was in our garage in our palmer house and my mom was taking a nap and had a weird feeling my dad being like hey my i'm my urn is down in the garage in this one suitcase that's where i'm at because my mom had no idea oh. my family's really complicated and fucked up so take it for what you will but my mom went into this exact suitcase and i found my dad's urn yeah, so that was crazy. Weird. Yeah. Weird stuff. But the listener story that I have for you is an old co-worker um, who lived on the East Coast, and she was one of our Echo Techs, and so she has a lot of hauntings because she grew up there, and all of her kids grew up there, so I just have a little excerpt from her. 
And right now she's retired living with her husband and their fifth wheel traveling. So I'm like, that's so cool. That's such a dream. Oh, it is. It is. Um, so her story starts with 20 plus years ago, we fell in love and purchased an old farmhouse that was built in 1863 and moved our family in ready to live the country life. The original owners were Quakers, adding to the house's rich history and mystique. What we learned in the years living there is a story to be told. One particular night, about a month after we moved in, an enigmatic incident occurred that left an indelible mark on our memories. As I was getting ready for bed one night, our bedroom windows offered a panoramic view of the long, sprawling front yard. My husband's white work van sat parked, a familiar silhouette against the nocturnal backdrop. Suddenly, my gaze landed on a figure standing in the front of the van, a woman dressed all white, her outline distinctly visible. Startled, I immediately called to my husband. The sight of the spectral white figure standing still in the dim light was something straight out of a gothic novel. I told my husband that someone was trying to break into his van. As we both stood staring at the woman, she appeared to be staring right back at us. What was she doing? We were standing so still watching and then all at once she was gone, not walking or running away, just disappeared. To be honest, neither my husband or I could actually understand what had just happened. Don was not a believer in ghosts or the afterlife stories, but he had no explanation for what we just had witnessed. We decided not to say anything as we did not want to scare our kids nor have people think we have lost our minds. Several months later, a lady came to our door wondering if we had seen her dog. As we began talking, she told us her family had lived in another Quaker family's old homes. Then, out of nowhere, she asked if we had seen anything strange on our property. Feeling as though she might have had some explanation of what we had seen, we had told her about a lady in white that was in our yard. She acknowledged what we were telling right away. We weren't the first to see her. Other people who lived in the home before us also had seen her. Whoa. What was she? The story goes, the Quaker family that had lived in our home had seven children. One of their daughters, who was a senior in school at the time, fell into the pond across the road where our house is. Unfortunately, she drowned. And they say the figure that is seen in the front yard is her. Mm. Wow. That is wild. Yeah, it gave me goosebumps. Our house was... This whole episode is giving me goosebumps. I know. It's fun. Our house was not just a place of residence. It was a home full of experience, stories, and the occasional mystery. Over the years, it nurtured us, embraced us, whispering tales of its past, the stories of the Quakers who lived before us, and the white-dressed woman that we saw the night. The way our cats would jump as though someone had touched them or our dogs start pawing, staring and pawing at the specific wall. The orbs found in multiple photographs taken over the years, not to mention the wooden stairs where one could hear footsteps late at night. And when you would turn the light on, they would stop. The woman in white we saw that night is just one of the many tales our house had to tell. The charm of living in a house built in 1893 is inextricably linked with the history and stories it holds within its walls. In the end, our house is more than just a structure. It's a storyteller, a historian, a guardian of the past. And as we continue to live and grow within its walls, we are not just its residents, but a part of its ever-evolving narrative. Wow. Kathy's a great storyteller. No that was very way. Good. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's spooky. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like the women in the woman in white, there's so many different cultural mm-hmm. things and that's wild too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a lot like Tara. I have not like I mean obviously I have all those stories mm-hmm. from when I was younger and I would talk to ghosts and stuff. They have since left me. <laughs> I have not had any real real ghost connections as an adult or even as like a teenager or a teenager I don't know but I um I do see things a lot I remember being at our old Crimson View house and I was in the living room and it was all open concept and so like the living room connected into the dining room which connected into the kitchen and in the kitchen there was a hallway that came from uh It was where the laundry was and where the bathroom was, and it went out into the garage. And so you can't, from the living room, see into that hallway. But I remember seeing someone who I thought was my dad walk into the kitchen. And then, but that house was brand new. So I don't know exactly what I'm seeing all the time because this house hasn't really been that haunted either. But I have a story from here. We were out on my mom's back deck, and I was facing the house at the table and the back deck 
facing the house, there's a door that comes out onto the deck that leads into the kitchen. And to the left of the door is a huge window. And I remember seeing a man walk from the window towards the door. And then he never appeared past the door, which was open. And so I remember looking over and kind of trying to see because I, again, thought it was my dad. And he was wearing a yellow shirt, that guy I saw. And when I looked over, my mom was like, what? What are you looking at? And I was like, I thought I saw dad, but I was wrong. And she was like, what do you mean? And I was kind of just like pushing it off because that happens all the time. Right. Like I see things that I think are there and then I, they're not there. So I just keep going. <laughs> but but uh, my no. dad... <laughs> My dad came out and he was wearing a completely different shirt. So Weird. I have no, but it was one of the clearest ones I've ever seen. I swear I saw a man walk from the window towards the door and then never appear past there. Is it like Grandpa Seagraves, you think? No, I thought it was dad. 100%. No, it's probably the owner of this house that was yeah passed away before. Interesting. The yeah, because the, da- the dad or the guy, the husband, had passed away and the I wife th- was in a... Um, nursing, home. nursing home when we when we and bought then the she house died she died while, after well we were buying the house she died wow oh, yeah. yeah weird do you have any stories from the crimson view house no mm-hmm. no just mostly after that you moved here and it was mm-hmm. kind of more the hospitals where you get your energy mm-hmm. yeah wow. interesting yeah no so i don't see anything or talk to anything anymore but i definitely see people out of the corner of my eye i'll see movement and i'll look and then they'll be gone. Yeah. Most of my experiences, too, come with, like, spiritual experiences, like Reiki and things like that. When I'm yeah. doing Reiki on somebody, I can see their people that are attached to them and with them. And I can also see their life experiences and, like, that are attached to different parts of their chakras. And um, I can tell them about it and they can confirm it for me. And even, like, you know, I had one girl... Um, I told her she had like this grandmother figure with her and gave her a name. And she's like, I don't know anybody that I have with that name in my family. And, and a lot of what I told her didn't make any sense. And later she came back to me and she's just like, it's crazy. Like I went and talked to my mom and I talked to my family and like, I did have a grandma with that great grandma with that name and blah, 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 blah. And I didn't even know. And yeah, like, and I've even seen abuse and other stuff where it was hard to even bring it up. But the lady was like, yeah, my my father abused me sexually and blah, 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 blah. Like wow. things, things will show up when you're doing energy work on people that I it's almost it. like a medium shift. But, yeah. That's but crazy. Like, otherwise I don't, I don't go like, I don't see it. And the spe- the stuff at work, it happens just randomly. You don't yeah. expect it. It's just yeah. all of a sudden it's, but like, Whoa, did you see that? <laughs> or like you don't anticipate it. It just happens right. like, randomly. Right, exactly. And I think you're you're a very positive person. Oh, so I like think one time have, I was laying yeah. down in the apartment in our in our uh we have an apartment in our unit and I was laying down for my nap for my break and I had shut all the lights off and the bathroom light turned all the way on and all the way off when I was in there by itself. <laughs> I was like, All right guys, I'm just trying to sleep. <laughs> That was the last thing that happened to me. And everybody else is like, I don't know how you can just lay in there after that. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, it don't right. bother me. Like, no, right. there's never been any malevolence on our unit. It's always just been presence. Yeah. There's never been any bad activity. No. There's never been. It's just always just been presence of things or yeah. just showing themselves. Mm-hmm. It's never, ever had any bad consequences, any bad portents. There was a guy that used to sense when people were going to pass on because he would sense their people around them, the the spirits gathering around the one who was going to die. And you could tell when it was going to be close to time of death because he would know. Wow. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like we would have people in the unit who have gifts that I think that's why we see more things there. Brianna got me a book either Christmas Mm -hmm. or my birthday. It was mediumship and she's in hospice and she's Mm -hmm. a medium. And that's what she offers is yeah. the passing and knowing that your loved one knowing. is going to a safe place. Right. Yeah. Providing that comfort, which I think is beautiful. And I would do yeah. that. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, we talked in, in a later episode about, you know, what I believe and stuff. And it's stuff like this that just makes me, again, I don't no. know. I know. Because on one hand, you I'm like, You can't really be passionate about something because you just hear all these crazy and you can't just be yeah. so... No, I can't say it's not real. I can't say that there isn't an afterlife. I can't say that our souls don't stick around because mm-hmm. obviously something does. And 
yeah, these these people are here still. Which is crazy. So then I wonder, do we just stick around? Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. And that's hard, too. But I do think that they can... I believe that they can visit us. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it is Grandma Margaret visiting mm-hmm. for a hot minute that she can come down and say, oh, ha, you know, yeah. that, you know, things like that, I do think. Yeah. Or Grandpa Seagraves coming down and playing a little trick on Grandma Dawn with her beans. You know? Oh, my God. We didn't even tell the beans story. Oh, yeah. yeah, we can tell the beans story. Um, so my grandma was saying that her dad, my great grandpa Seagraves, um, would when she when he was still alive with her, she would be making beans and she says she likes more meat in her beans. And uh, he would be telling her, you know, you've got too much meat in them beans. <laughs> and she'd be like, no, dad, I like I just like meat in my beans. And he's like telling her that his mom would only take a hand size back fat or whatever section and, and stick put that, that in the beans. beans. And she's like, well, you know, we have more. We have times, more money. Yeah. Times are different now, Dad. I can afford this meat in my beans. <laughs> well, later after he died, she's at her house making beans again, and she's got the beans, poured them in the slow cooker. She's cutting up the meat, cutting up the onions, and she says she hears clear as day, you've got too much meat in them beans, Dawn. And she's just ignoring it like Mom, very casual, like, meh, meh. I think it's fine and she just lets it roll off of her well she then hears uh him say again you've got too much meat in them beans and here's a little clink clink in the cupboard and or no I think I put it back but yeah she heard clinking in the cupboard and these beans were falling down and so she puts it back up thinks that that she just didn't cover it right and he says it again and then more beans start falling even after she's put it down. And so eventually she just put more beans in, <laughs> more the beans in there like her daddy wanted. <laughs> and he stopped. Oh, and so I just crazy. think I think they like to come and they like to play jokes, I think. You know, especially I think little kids, I do think they come and they like to play the jokes. They They're like probably to, just so curious. I think, and it's funny. Mm-hmm. It's a funny, it's a good time to play a j- joke on somebody or mm-hmm. go peek. Go I had like experiences after grandma died like when when she first when my mom told me she had passed away I had that overwhelmingly loving embrace it felt like she passed through me or she hugged me at that la- that moment of me learning of her death like I couldn't even feel sad even though I'd lost her that same feeling that overwhelming glowing loving just Presence. experience that I felt the only other time I felt that was when I had a a loaded shotgun in my mouth and I was going to kill myself when I was 18. I believe it's probably her that stopped me because I had that same exact overwhelming, glowing, loving, over like inside feeling come over me that made me stop doing what I was doing. I put everything away and I burnt my letter and then didn't tell anybody about it for years. But I think it was her that stopped me. And then like I had experiences where I would smell something like her cooking or like smell like something that reminded me of her like it was just those little weird things that would make you think and there wouldn't be anything around that would give you that aroma aroma or that yeah. smell so it was almost like just weird like them being Full around you factory. yeah they yeah. just they just walk right past they are just yeah remembrance wow. yeah that's craziness oh this was a fun episode this has been a spooky episode i know i, I love, love it. it me too uh I love spooky season. I hope we season. get more listener stories and we can like feature a ghost episode. Ghost oh, story go- we episode. could talk about it. We're, who are we kidding? Every season <laughs> we do is going to be spooky season. I know. I know. This shit's so cool. But it just happens to line up too well with October. October. Yeah. So um, that was fun. That was a good time. I yeah. Loved it. Thank you for being here with us yes, and sharing you. all You're your welcome. stories. That was cool. Wow. Yeah, I awesome. never want to go to Providence again. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, well, thank you guys and have a great rest of your week. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye.